You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at The Preppy Podcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson on Instagram. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. I'm excited because today I am interviewing my friend Susan of Southern Bungalow Co. Uh, You might have heard Susan uh, back in August or September when I did Lydia Menzies Supper Club. I interviewed a few people for little short interview clips, and she was one of them. So you got a little taste there. Um, But Susan makes amazing candles. Not only do they smell great, personally, Georgia's my favorite scent, um, but they come in beautiful vessels that look like pieces of decor and you can keep them after you burn through the candle. You know, I use mine in my bathroom to put Q-tips in and things like that. So it's really fun learning about how she came up with the concept for her business and what really makes her candles stand out. Um, But before we dive into the interview, I want to remind you all that you should check out thepreppypodcast.com. That is where I have all sorts of merch that you can shop and support the podcast. Uh, So we have sweatshirts, candles, Uh, little cosmetic pouches, and so much more. I'm actually in the process of designing the next collection for it. So if you have any ideas, let me know what you think. Um, But now let's get into the interview. All right. Why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Hi, Patricia. Uh, My name is Susan Center. I live in Alpharetta, Georgia. I've lived here for a very long time, but I'm from Germantown, Tennessee, originally. Um, and I founded in 2018 a company called Southern Bungalow Co. And I make candles. And the diffusers. The best candles ever, which we're going to talk oh. all about your candles in a little. Um, but they are my favorite. The scents and the vessels are just superior. Thank you so much. Of course. So. I always like to start at the beginning then, of course. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about, you know, Susan as a kid, as a little girl. What were you like? Were you entrepreneurial? Were you creative? Tell me about your childhood. Well, it's funny that you should ask that because I recently spent some time with my mom and this came up. Um, and I've heard this throughout my whole life. Um, I'm the only, I'm one of three, I'm the middle and I'm the only one that went to preschool <laughs> before kindergarten. Um because I was such a busy, busy kid, she could not keep me entertained or engaged long in anything before I got just, I lost interest and had to move on to the next thing. So um, it's kind of funny. I think in one word, my mom would tell you I was busy, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny, but she, she's always been such a um, role model to me. Um, we grew up going to my grandparents' house. They lived on the lake, um, I guess the, the most well-known town nearby is Heber Springs, Arkansas. And um, it was a development about 30 minutes from Heber Springs. So very remote, but in the woods and on the lake, and it was just beautiful. And some of my best childhood memories were spent there with my family and 
she's just been an influence on me. She loves nature. She loves being creative as well. We took lots of walks in the woods and gathered all kinds of treasures and would make something out of them. Um, and it's just such a funny story because today there is a huge company called Aromatique. And it's an older company. It's, I think, about four years old. But um, they had just gotten started about four years ago in Heber Springs, Arkansas. So this teeny little town, this teeny little lake town. And these, this lady started potpourri, doing the exact same thing my mom and I used to do, walking through the woods, picking up just beautiful objects of nature. She just added fragrance oils to hers into a potpourri. So um, they're a manufacturer still humming along right there in Heber Springs, Arkansas. I just think that's just so random. But um, yeah, that's I love nature. I love all kinds of um, things that it provides the inspiration for us to be creative. Definitely. Um, I love how you said that you were a busy busy kid. I feel like a lot of us entrepreneurs and creatives are like that. We like to stay busy and have our hands in a lot of things and um, test it all out. So that's fun to hear. I, I think she would probably, if I, if they had coined this term back then, it would be ADD or ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that we always figure out how to, you know, generate it to our benefit in some way. Mm-hmm. Now, when it came time for college then, um, where and what did you end up studying? So I went to the University of Tennessee. Um, I studied psychology. My, I originally started in the business program. And at the University of Tennessee, at least back then, their weed out class was accounting. And I just absolutely hated it. And I still hate math. I hate anything to do with math. Um, so I just decided to focus on what I love, which was psychology. So my degrees in psychology, um, I was engaged. I got engaged my last semester of college, and got married. We lived in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, my first job was in pharmaceutical sales. My husband's was as well, and his um, job promoted him to Atlanta, and we've been in Atlanta ever since. That's amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit more then about, you know, your, your jobs and careers leading up to uh, starting your own business. Like what were you doing before then that kind of led to this business? It led to Southern Bungalow? Yes. <clears throat> well, sales, I think, has always been something I've been fond of. I loved it. I loved interacting with the people um, in pharmaceutical sales. I did a lot of trade shows. Which really, if you think about it, prepared me to what I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. um, once, once I was married and we had children, um, I, I stopped doing the pharmaceutical, stopped working and raised babies for a little while, and then had two sons. Once my youngest started kindergarten, um, I started decorating for people, which is such a random hop, I know, from pharmaceutical sales. I just wanted to do something on my own that I could be a mom first, be there to pick them up from school, be at all the school things, but still do something that I really loved. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think it just started naturally, kind of fell in my lap, just friends in the neighborhood that would come over and say, hey, you can do my bookcases at my house. And it just kind of grew from there in such an organic way. 
Um, and then when I had to start hiring babysitters to go do people's homes for free, I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this into something, uh, and, and treat it like a business. So I did that for the next 15 years. I've always loved architecture, interior design, home decor, all those things. So I think with the background in pharmaceutical sales and doing all the trade shows, and then fast forwarding to, um, you know, doing what I really love to do, which was all things about the home. It really, you put those two together and it's really created what I'm doing now. Um, and if you had told me then that this is what I'd be doing now, I never would have believed you. I would have laughed and thought there's just no way. But um, it's truly the one thing I've enjoyed in this, in all my seasons of life uh, is what I'm doing right now. So it's just kind of been a happy accident, really. Um, I think I mentioned I had two boys when, and we're all really, really close. We're a very close family. And when my youngest left for school, um, it truly rocked my world. Um, it was something that no one could have ever prepared my heart for. And I was just super sad about it. And, um, you know, the house became quiet and the uh, purpose that I felt like I had in my life all these years had just walked out the door to move on to his next chapter, which is what we want for our children. But it was very hard. Um, and just, I don't think anyone ever told me how difficult that would be. So I just needed something more and something to be, you know, something more for me, be creative and however I wanted to be creative. Mm -hmm. And I just started tinkering around and it just became a side hustle and then it became um, the main hustle. And I was still doing both for a few couple of years. I was still doing, you know, some clients I'd worked for multiple times in the past that I just couldn't tell no. Like they'd move or something <laughs> and I'd help them with their new home. Um, but then it got to a point where I couldn't do both. And so my side hustle has now become my only hustle. I love that. And I think it's cool looking back because, you know, I know you obviously and, um, and your business quite well and mm -hmm. having your background then going to trade shows and being able to sell product, um, back in your pharmaceutical days and then, you know, going into homes and helping make them beautiful. It all ties in really with your brand today and what you do. Um, and you know, back then probably you wouldn't think, like you said, that you'd be doing what you do today, but the puzzle pieces all fit together in the big picture. So I'm curious really then do. when you started, um, you know, looking into candles, keeping yourself busy while your kids were away. What did that look like? Like your your first candle that you ended up making, um, what was that? And how long did it kind of take you to refine and define that so that it could be a business? Well, I would say about six months. And I remember my husband saying, when are you going to sell something? Because <laughs> you're just spending a lot of money. All the products that go into um, my finished products cost a lot of money. And I was, you just saw money going out and nothing coming in. And it truly takes a lot of testing. Mm -hmm. And there are things that just um, you discover by failing and learn how to perf perfect and, um, you know, Wicks have different sizes. I mean, who knew? I didn't know any of that in the beginning. Um, so each container that has a different diameter takes a different size wick. So it's a lot, a lot of testing. So before I felt comfortable selling any of that, um, I just did so much testing. And um, you burn through a lot of product of your own, but I just didn't want to sell anything until I was 
perfectly happy with it. And it took about six months. I will say the first ones I sold prior to the six months of truly testing were at a couple of little shows, you know, around the holiday season and they were paraffin. So I started this company using paraffin wax. And so many customers asked me if they were soy and of course they were not. And they had reaction sensitivities to paraffin. And so, um, you know, after the holidays, I just, that's when I truly started like that. I did six month testing to um, test with soy. And I tested with many different brands, many different labels. And I, I'm not going to knock soy candles there. I'm sure people have figured it out perfectly. I could not, I could not smell it. Um, if you could smell the fragrance the first few times you lit them, I couldn't smell it after that. And so I truly almost just hung it up because like, well, you know, this isn't going to work. And I didn't want to sell a soap. I mean, the whole point is you smell the fragrance that you're burning. So um, I just did a little research. And, and five years ago, I had never heard of coconut wax. There are a lot of plant-based waxes on the market now. But back then, I don't think they were as common to hear about. And um, just bought some coconut wax to try it out and absolutely loved it. And I never looked back. It's all I use. And um, the scent throw is amazing. And um, it burns clean, it burns, it's nothing wasted, and it just burns all the way down. And I, I love that product, and um, that's what I'll always use. That is so interesting. And I think a lot of us who have businesses, we sort of go through the same trial and error to get that final finished product that we're happy with. And, you know, some of it is hearing from customers and kind of what they're looking for um, and really refining that. So thank yeah. you for sharing, you know, that journey. And now for people listening who might not already follow you or have any of your products, how would you describe Southern Bungalow today? Like your your product offerings, your scents, you know, talk a little bit about the vessels. Tell everyone who's not familiar. Yeah. Um, well, I decided to create what I couldn't find in the marketplace, honestly. Um, and being that interior decor is, is something I love so much, I wanted to create a candle that used a vessel that I love to have, you know, as a centerpiece in my home or a statement piece in my home, something that you would never expect a candle to be in. That's beautiful sitting out, whether it's lit as a candle or not. Um, and then once the candles enjoyed, you're never going to throw it away. You are going to use it in another way. Um, you know, as a or plant an orchid in it or a vase of flowers, or they're just really, really unique. And I think that's what sets me apart. There's so, so many, candle companies out there. And I think that's truly what, I mean, there were three things that were very important to me when I started this, obviously the scent. Um, and I use cosmetic grade fragrances that are non-toxic, clean burning products. The statement vessels were equally as important to me. And I find that most of my customers would feel the same way. Um, so yeah, um, and, and that the scent would travel. The scent, scent throw is what it's called. Um, so it has a cold scent throw, which is, you know, if you walk through the room, you can smell it when it's not burning. And then a hot scent throw is what, you know, permeates throughout your home when it is burning. So that was important to me as well. Definitely. And can you tell people some of the scents that you have? I know um, I love your Georgia scent, but list some yeah. of them. Yeah, so Georgia is probably the most popular scent year after year. Um, it's just citrusy based with a little bit of peach. That's your favorite? Mm-hmm. 
My, um, and I love it too. I love it too. Um, and it's, you know, been an original since the beginning. So I love that it's still so popular, you know, five, almost five years later. That makes me so happy. Um, I try to add and take away and as just things progress. I love Belgian linen. Belgian linen is just so clean and fresh. It's a kind of a green floral, white floral scent. Um, Bungalow is our signature fragrance, and I chose that one as a signature fragrance. I love it, um, but it also doesn't lean too feminine and too masculine. And I have a lot of male buyers too, so I needed it's something to be appealed to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that um, is just sea salt and eucalyptus and green moss. Um, one of my favorites is something I did in collaboration with Erica Puckett. And I, you know, I love to fragrance combine. So I blend a lot of my own fragrances. So they're fragrances that you can't get anywhere else. Um, and hers is one of those. And I just love it. I love anything with a current, whether it's black current, white current, red current. That's just always so fresh and appealing to me. Um, and hers has some of that. It has some white tea and geranium in it. And it's just, it's become a, a customer favorite as well. My newest one, which is not something I would have gravitated towards five years ago because I would consider myself more of a fresh and floral preference in a candle, but um, Santaloon, I'm obsessed with this one right now. Um, and it's, it's very, it's, it's a heavier fragrance. It's sandalwood and leather and amber. Um, and it smells so much like one of my favorite perfumes, which is the Lalabo's 33 Santal. So it is just so good. And it may be more of like a fall winter, but um, I have one sitting in my family room. And just when I'm near it, I smell it. It's not even burning. It's just heaven to me. So it's kind of like picking a favorite child. I can't pick a favorite, but <laughs> if you made me, those would be some of my favorites right there. And then my holiday scents are great. Fraser fir is amazing. It's so fresh. It's not too heavy. It's not artificial smelling. But I, I think I attribute that to just the fragrances that I that I test with and and use to make the products. They're just a higher grade, higher level of fragrance that you could you know put on your skin if you need to um, to create bath products or um, perfumes and things like that. And all of your scents are just amazing. And I do mm-hmm. like how they burn really evenly and clean, um, which is so nice as well. So getting back to more of the the business stuff. So mm-hmm. when you had this great product, you you finalized your scents and, um, you know, your formula using the coconut wax instead. Then what were your steps sort of to taking it to the next level? Like you, I know you gradually, you know, started doing part-time and then full-time, but like obviously getting a website up and running, I'm sure social Mm -hmm. media, I'm sure you attended probably shows. Like talk to me about some of those steps to like making it an actual business then. Okay. Well, I started very small um, and it kind of, it makes me laugh looking back at, um, you know, how I did this, I truly grew organically, which is, I think the best way to grow. Um, and I probably did it a little bit backwards. I would save my money to have a website developed and all the developers that I looked into were, you know, ten, twelve thousand $12,000 and up. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to do this right now while I can. 
And I did a lot of shows and I, I actually love the shows because you get the best feedback. I love interacting with the customers, um, finding out what people love, maybe something that they would prefer to see or a different scent, things like that. Um, so I just did a lot of shows and um, Instagram. And when COVID hit, oh, well, let me back up just a second. So after I kind of felt like I developed product, um, I wanted, I thought it was really important. And, and I don't know, it just, it was very important to me to not move forward without kind of developing a book, a brand, a logo, that kind of thing. So um, I hired a graphic designer. It's the best thing in the world because he also he loves working with small companies. He really, we just tweaked so many versions. It just started out so different than what it looks right now. And he would show me, you know, things he created. And when he showed me my logo, you know, through the process of showing me multiple logos, I knew right away. I'm like, that's it. That's the one right there. I loved it. But I didn't tell him that at the moment. I just knew it in my heart. And he kept going. And um, that's the one we landed on. And, you know, I, I love color. I love, you know, bold, bright patterns. So we kind of started in that lane. But as it kind of processed through and kind of developed, it just felt right to go with the black and white concept. And it was just very clean and crisp and fresh. And that's still where it is right now. And black and white stripe ribbon and patterns, it's just really become an essential part of my brand. Um, today, when I do shows, shows that I've done in the past, people will come find me and go, oh, I was looking for your black and white stripe tablecloth. I'm so glad you're here. So it's just... It's, it's very sweet to me that it is something that, that has made an impact on people and they associate that with my brand. And it's just been, I guess I'll call it a happy accident. It's just not the way I intended in my mind that things would look, but um, I, I, I love the look. You know, I might add color one day, but right now I'm just super happy and pleased still with how it is. I think another thing that's really worked in my favor as far as the branding goes is the name of my business. And I think when you're starting a business, that's one of, you know, it's a crucial point, but it's also something that's the hardest thing to come up with. I did not want the word candle in the name of my business in case I expanded into other, you know, home decor lines. Um, definitely wanted the word Southern in it. And I was so, um, I was advised so much to not have that word in my company name. Um, someone that um, was trained by the founder of Ritz Carlton nationally was, was uh, she was the one that advised me not to do that. And so, you know, she has all these business degrees and experience. And, and I was like, oh gosh, I felt horrible going, you know, not listening to her, but I went with my gut and it served me well. And so I think that was a very important lesson I learned from the very beginning was just always listen to your gut. It's not gonna. It's not gonna let you down, and it's led to so many opportunities by having the word Southern in my um, business name. Um, especially around here, companies like Hotel at Avalon, they really want that Southern feel to their um, products, and the people that come in there, they want to um, feel like you know they're really experiencing this, all the flavors of the South. And they're one of my. They were one of my first hotel accounts for private label and. That door would not have been open if I was not a Southern brand. So it served me well. But, you know, what's interesting about trying to decide on the name of my company, and I love this little bad link to my business, 
Um, my youngest son's name is Chandler, and he is the pure total reason, you know, when he left for school, like I mentioned, that I started this business. Um, but I Googled, you know, when I was looking for a name of my business, what do you, what do you call a candle maker? And a candle maker is called a Chandler. So I just thought that was the sweetest little thing um, that just kind of, I don't know, makes me smile every time I think about it. And he's been such a hands-on helper with my business. So um, you asked me a minute ago how it kind of developed. Um, so prior to COVID, I did not um, have a website. Mm -hmm. I only did shows and then word of mouth. People would pick up at my home. I deliver locally. Um, just truly, you know, organic growth, word of mouth, and uh, little pop-ups here. I would do trunk shows. Um, and then, you know, my private label business was growing incredibly well, like the Hotel Avalon, like I mentioned, and it led to other hotels and Old Edwards Inn up in Highlands. They're, they're an amazing account. Um, just got their sister property, Half Mile Farm. That's one of my newest private label accounts. So it's just been such a blessing, such a blessing. But before COVID, I didn't know that I could, well, number one, afford a website developer. Number two, I was so busy. I didn't know that I could, you know, keep up with sales from another source like a website. Mm -hmm. um, but then COVID happened and both my boys came home. My oldest son lives in DC, works in DC. Chandler came home from uh, Auburn where he was in school and everything shut down as you, as you and everyone knows. So all of my hotels were closed. Um, I do a lot of private label for realtors. No one was working. And Chandler um, said, you have got to have a website. You've got to. And so he built it for me, <laughs> which is so funny. I mean, I, you know, I paid him to do it, but it certainly wasn't the $10,000 that I thought I needed for a website. Um, it could it be better? It could absolutely. He's not a he's not a website developer, but I think you know the things that I need to work on to make it better are things like photography and things like that. So, COVID um, was one of my best years of growth to to date. It was you know everyone was at home. I could now work with Instagram, and people could go to my website from Instagram versus messaging me directly on how to get a product. Um, it just was a magic machine that just hummed along. And when I tell you every surface space in my home had a sale, had a Shopify sales slip on it, it we ran out of space. It was that incredible. Um, everyone was shopping from home and burning candles, apparently. But, you know, people could also not see their moms for Mother's Day back in the beginning. And so I sent a lot of gifts to um, people that couldn't be together during holidays. So um, it's just been an incredible experience. It was truly, you know, I, I Shopify, when you get an order through Shopify, it makes a noise like cha-ching. Um, <laughs> so I remember being at Publix with my husband, Matt, and my website was new. And one of the sweet um, girls that I worked with at the time mentioned my product in her Instagram stories. And it was the first time I was like, what is going on with my phone? I didn't know what that, I didn't know that sound yet because I had just started my website. So shop, my Shopify went bananas in one day. And it was just so funny looking back. I didn't know what that 
that little thing was going off on my phone. So it's just so fun to look back on those little moments and just kind of see how things have grown. Exactly. Now, what's the hardest part, do you think, in terms of business for you? Oh, goodness. Technology. Yeah. Anyone that knows me knows that that is like, I was just raising babies when everyone was learning technology and I just had no use for it. And now I'm, you know, 20 years behind. But I, I try my best. It could be so much better. I just get super frustrated with it. Um, you know, I need a I need a 16 year old to come live with me for a while and teach me all the things. But technology, I think during COVID was my best year. The year after COVID was one of my most challenging years because of supply chain. Mm. Um, all of my staple products I could not get anymore. Um, and so I just, you know, went through a couple of months of like, what am I going to do? Because you have to have, you know, vessels to sell your products. Um, so that was challenging. I feel like that's kind of worked itself out at this point. Um, the, you know, I mentioned earlier, I hate math. So anything that has to do with math is always a challenge. There's always challenges, Patricia. Yeah. And as soon as I get one tackled, another one pops up. So exactly. Well, it's um, always evolving. I feel like there's always new yeah. apps, new technology. Like there's always something new. So you're constantly learning. <laughs> yes, constantly learning. And like I said, it's just as soon as I get one down, it's changed. So um, that's one of my biggest challenges. <laughs> what about on the flip side to that? What's been like a pinch me moment or something? that happened with your business that was so exciting you know what stands out in my memory I've had a lot but the one that just it stands out so much so vividly like it was yesterday um like I said when I started I just was really dipping a toe in the water I funded the whole thing never borrowed any money my husband didn't give me money to get started I just truly did it myself so I would buy like I'll take 12 of those vessels, maybe six of those, and we'll see how they do. And that's that's how I started. And then if they did well, I bought maybe 24 the next time. I think a really sweet pinch me moment was when an 18-wheeler showed up in my driveway one day or in front of my house and just had to have, you know, a man with a with a cart that pulled off pallets off his 18-wheeler to bring them into, into my garage. That was pretty cool. Um, I know that was sweet because going from like a dozen of something to you know hundreds of, of something was just really fun. I think another one, um, my son Chandler was at one of his fraternity brothers, brother's house, um, in Buckhead and he had just recently married and his, um, new wife was there and she was burning one of my coast candles and I remember Chandler telling me, he was like, oh my gosh, mom, your, your candle was in this house that I was at over the weekend. It was just kind of sweet, you know, and she bought it online. I didn't even know who she was, but for him to be at someone's home that, you know, bought something online, that was kind of sweet. Um, let's see, another one, the blue and white chinoiserie piece is one of my absolute favorites. And... Um, I kind of, you know, didn't, I ordered a certain amount. It's still kind of during COVID supply chain issues. I received less than I ordered. And so um, when I launched it online, they sold out in under an hour. So that was kind of fun. I wasn't expecting that. Um, repeat order customers are always a pinch me moment. I kind of look, I, I 
don't, and I haven't met a lot of these people. They live all over the country. Um, and some of these women, I recognize their name. I, I put a personalized note in every single order. So I feel like I know them. And some of them have ordered 17, 18, 19 times off my website. So I'm sincerely grateful for, for every single order and repeat orders like that. Just, it's so special. Definitely. Now, since this is the Preppy Podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? So how would you describe Preppy? Well, I love Preppy. Um, grew up in the 80s and Preppy handbook came out. Everything is just, you know, classic and timeless. Nothing trendy. I think we've seen some horrible trends in fashion over the years and <laughs> you could never point a finger at Preppy and say that, I don't think. Um I love that it's kind of classic with a twist, and Anne Mashburn is one of my favorites. She's actually a local Atlanta. Um, love her style, love her look. Her husband, Sid Mashburn, has a male version of all the you know, preppy twists. Um, to me, that's just how it's evolved a little bit. But you know, if I went through my mom's closet and picked out some of her items from you know, years and years ago, they're just still classic. You could, you could wear them now, and I think that's so neat. That's a great answer. Yeah, it's definitely classic with a twist. I like that. Yeah. Now, I'm curious, if you could have anyone be a customer, have your candles in their home, who would be your dream customer? Like a celebrity, a royal, or maybe an icon who's no longer with us, but you know, you think would just be so great? Let's see. That is a hard one. That's a really hard one for me because <laughs> – Every single customer I have, I, I just am so grateful for and appreciate so much. I mean, who would not want to be on Oprah's coffee table? Mm. You know, that's that would just be huge. Or one of her favorite things, um, Martha Stewart, I feel like the same way. I mean, she is the queen of perfection. And if she ever bought one of my products, I think I would just die right there. Um, actually, if she bought the second time, that would be <laughs> It's so much the first time that she bought it again. That would be amazing. Um, I think a fun dream collaboration would be um, there's a company out of Florence, Italy that I I love. It's called Santa Maria Novella, and they are they are a perfume line, but they started as a pharmacy um, back in the 12th or 13th century in the 1200s and. I just think that's so amazing how um, fragrances kind of started from their garden in this um, with monks and using them as medicinal purposes and it just kind of evolved into fragrances that it is now. They do sell candles. I have some of their perfume um, and they do sell candles that I would love. I mean, it'd be amazing to have a collaboration with a company like that that I respect so much, that has so much history behind them. That would be amazing. Plus, they'd be in Florence, Italy. That would be a great excuse to go back. <laughs> Definitely. I like that idea. Um, speaking of destinations, where's your favorite vacation destination? Florence, Italy. Um, I've been a few times, and I just can't get enough. Um, I love the whole Tuscan region, um, but there's something so special about Florence and the art and the architecture and just, of course, the history behind it. It's just my favorite place on the planet. Tositano would be a second um, down on the Malpe Coast. It's not, it's not got the history and the, I don't know, it doesn't pull my heartstrings like Florence does, but um, you 
wouldn't have to twist my arm to go there or go back there. Um, and in, in the United States, Jackson Hole, that is just such amazing time. We went in the summer and it's just been one of my favorite vacations ever. It's just so beautiful. So beautiful. All this. And that kind of gets back to the nature of thing. I just, I, it's just a special place. I would take a trip to any of those locations. <laughs> yes. Um, what about a resource for business? Like, are there any books or podcasts or groups or, um, you know, anything along those lines that you go to for business advice that you could recommend for other people? I, um, used, since I was a little girl, I read something at night in bed every single night before I went to sleep. That is not the case any longer. <laughs> I don't have as much time on my hands to read um, an actual book, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts because I can do that when I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, of course, love anything that highlights female entrepreneurs, especially creative entrepreneurs. I love so many podcasts. Um, love your podcast. I love She Says, She Says, Laura Cox Kaplan, um, Guy Raz, How I Built This. They're just so inspiring to me on how I love to hear that, of course, you know what they are today, but I love to hear about all the steps in between and how they overcame the challenges that they faced to create where they are today. But um, So I listen to a lot of podcasts. And um, what was the next part of that question? I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's it. Yeah, just a... a place for business advice where you go and um, oh. those podcasts are all all great ones I I listen well, to I was them gonna as mention, well I was going to mention Lydia Menzies Supper Club too that is just one of my favorite group of women everyone is so talented it's such a special um thing to be a part of and it's just enriched my life so much so much of what I do is solitary and so I really become inspired by being a part of that group and everyone has such different talents and brings so many different skills to the table and it's just like a breath of fresh air whenever I'm around all you guys you're a part of that too yeah it's she brings together the greatest people and um, everyone is so supportive and so talented so people should definitely look into her supper club absolutely what about three other um, brands or businesses that you love that you want to give a shout out to? Oh goodness. That's another hard one because we, <laughs> we would need another couple of hours. Um, you know, I think I mentioned, I get so inspired by creativity and creative people and Julie McAllister is unbelievable to me what she does with her cakes. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like you would have to touch it to know it's not a real object that she's created it to be. Um, goodness, I still, I'm still going to put Santa Maria Novella at the top of the list with their, um, fragrance house in Florence. That is just one of, that would be the dream to, um, to work with somebody like that, but they're so inspiring to me. Um, for, for Pete's sake, pottery, Susan Brown, I feel like our lives have run so parallel in so many ways. We actually have a fun collaboration coming out, which I'm super excited about, but those are just a few. There's so many, so, so many. That's a great answer. Now, so speaking of that collaboration that's coming out, what's next for you? Any sneak peeks of anything that you can share with us? Well, her collaboration, um, as well as working on a collaboration with Sarah Tucker, which um, 
we hope to launch a little earlier in the year, but it's kind of taken, it's, it's maybe going to look like fall at this point. Okay. Very excited about that. She's been a supporter of mine since the beginning and I adore her. Um, so those two collaborations, a couple of them that are still too probably in infancy to mention, but super okay. excited about those as well. And adding, you know, private label lines all the time. I, um, this one was just kind of a random thing that came up recently, but um, Royal Bank of Canada is a new private label client and they're hosting the Heritage Rock Classic in Hilton Head next week. Um, so yeah, we did a 200 items, 200 wrapped candles for them to give away to their financial clients um, that are going to be guests of their um, Heritage Golf Classic in Fulton Head. So that's fun. Um, it's just every, those are just so fun because I just feel like I can be creative in a way that brands someone else's business and kind of, um, since it is in Hilton Head and it's a Canadian company, we are doing the Low Country Oak as the um, fragrance for all the 200 candles. So that kind of brings South Carolina back to all of the Royal Bank of Canada and all the people that received these. It's just so much fun to, to disguise the limit and it's fun to create something that represents another brand as well as my own. Those are all such exciting things that you have in the works and I cannot wait to see all of them come to life. So my final question is, where can people find you? Let everyone listening know your website URL, your social media handles. That way they can follow along and shop your products and discover more about you. Yeah, um, certainly. My Instagram is where, if I'm on social media, that's kind of the platform where I live. It's southernbungalow.co. And then my website is www.southernbungalowco.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Susan. This was so fun chatting as always. Thank you, Patricia. I hope to see you soon. And um, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 